Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. Now, for this episode, I am talking about therapy, which is a bit of a catch-all term, I know, when people think maybe I should go and talk to someone or maybe a therapist would be worth looking into, it can become very overwhelming because you're like wondering what kind of therapist and how do I find a therapist and what's the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist and a counsellor and a counselling psychologist and a life coach and all these different things. Here I am joined by Dr. Claire Kambametu. She is a clinical psychologist, but she's also just really knowledgeable in the whole world of therapy. She joins me to help demystify a lot of what we think we know but don't really have a clue about when it comes to therapy. I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit overwhelming in the beginning just hearing the different types of therapy and modalities and the different types of qualifications that someone could have. But as we get through it, it starts to become really clear about how to know what you would need depending on where you're coming from and what your circumstances are. So stick with it. Try to listen to this when you have a clear head. And if you're thinking that therapy might be something that you'd benefit from, I personally think everyone would, this is the episode for you. I hope you find it helpful. I really learned a lot from having this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and for sharing and sticking with me this long. I so appreciate it. Dr. Claire Campbell-Metu, once again, thank you for coming back onto Owning It. I feel like you are my ultimate go-to expert at this stage and I so appreciate you always making the time to come and share your pearls of wisdom. Welcome back. Oh thank you. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I think through our conversations um, I learn things uh, about myself and about you and about the world that I didn't know already so I always find them really inspiring and enjoyable. Well if you think you're learning something I mean I'm coming away with a whole new brain filled with things that just really makes so much sense about our experience of the world. So I can't thank you enough. For this episode, we're getting super practical. So I recently went back to therapy myself for the first time in about eight years. I'm doing a separate episode 
I'm not sure when it's if it's gone out yet by the time I bring this one out or if it's coming after but I'm sharing my experience of like why I've gone back to therapy and how I went about it and how I'm getting on really I want to kind of shed light and normalize a little bit about people going to therapy oh that's great so something about demystifying the process that I think is just so helpful yeah I think it's just so shrouded in a mystery here like I understand that not everyone wants to put their hand up and say oh I'm in therapy or I go to therapy and and also not everyone wants to share their therapist because it's such a personal thing but there's so much mystery around it so I want to start with you so you are a clinical psychologist can you start by telling me like what does that actually mean and how does that translate into you working with people if you were to work with someone one-on-one sure so I always think this is an absolute minefield for people and I think it's so great to get this information out there because when people start looking for help they don't necessarily know who they need to speak to how much they need to be paying what type of assessment if any they need etc and so what being a clinical psychologist means is that um, I have a degree uh, many clinical psychologists and counseling psychologists as well so anybody who calls themselves a psychologist is likely to have a degree Um, often a master's and then a PhD as well. Um, So that goes for clinical, counselling, educational, um, forensic psychology as well. You're obviously Dr. Claire Campbell-Messi. There's no such thing as a clinical psychologist who isn't also a doctor because of the doctorate, the PhD. Well, the doctorate is something that was brought in, I think, about 15 years ago now. Um, And so people who qualified before that may not be a doctor. But if they call themselves, we're in the process of getting psychology regulated in Ireland. So what that means will be that it will be against the law for somebody to call themselves a psychologist if they're not actually somebody who's completed that level of training. At the moment, believe it or not, anybody can stick a sign up outside their door and say, I'm a psychologist and nothing happens to them. I know, I know it's not regulated yet. Um, And this is a this is a big problem. Um, And I don't want to overstate it either. You know, it's not like there's loads of people out there that are saying and masquerading as psychologists when they're not actually But it is something that needs to be recognised and dealt with. That's the case in Ireland, but not. It's regulated in the UK and in the US, I presume? Yes, absolutely. In the UK, there's a body called the HCPC, the Health and Care Professionals Council. um, And you have to be registered with them in order to call yourself a clinical psychologist. Um, But that will change here in the next couple of years. We have uh, CORU, which is the regulatory body for a load of different uh, health and social care professions here. Um, They will be extending that regulation out uh, to psychology and so that's going to happen but at the moment so many people are confused by you know I suppose to start with the biggest thing that people often get me confused with is a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. a lot of people um, don't know the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist and I don't think I did until I started studying to become one and so a psychiatrist is a medical doctor who can prescribe medication in the treatment of mental health disorders a psychologist use talking therapies um, in order to do that would you ever go to a psychiatrist like my only reference really is like movies and tv where they're going to a psychiatrist and it seems to be the talking therapy with the addition of I'm going to prescribe you something. Yes. And so some psychiatrists have completed training in different talking therapies as some psychologists, because I suppose my experience of leaving training was that I was the kind of jack of all trades. I had discovered an awful lot of different types of therapy um, and I had practiced various different types of therapy throughout my training, but I was a master of none of them. Um, And so many, many psychologists, psychiatrists, 
psychiatrists and then uh, therapists and counsellors will undertake additional training courses that will give them a specialism in a particular type of therapy. So that could be something like cognitive behavioural therapy, which people may have heard of, or acceptance and commitment therapy, schema therapy, um, narrative therapy, um, mentalization based treatment is another one. So there's lots and lots of different types of therapy out there. And depending on, I suppose, the training that somebody's had and then the courses or the training they've completed after qualifying, they may have speciality in one or more of these different types of therapy. You're a clinical psychologist. Whenever we hear of someone being a psychologist, is it always that they're a clinical psychologist or does that just mean that they're in clinic treating people? So a clinical psychologist is a a specific type of qualification. Okay. Um, So there's other types of psychologists as well. So you have counselling psychologists. Clinical and counselling psychologists uh, tend to do quite a similar job. We're both employed um, by various different statutory bodies in very similar roles. Um, I suppose historically... Um, I may get hung, drawn and quartered now for saying this, but uh, clinical psychology would have had more of an assessment focus. So they'd be focused on the assessment using different particular psychometric tools uh, and then the diagnosis of mental health uh, disorders and then on the treatment, whereas counselling psychology would have had less focus on the assessment and more focus on the therapeutic um, talking therapies. That has, um, in my experience anyway, changed over the last decade or so. And now both counselling and uh, clinical psychology training programmes look quite similar. There may still be more of that focus on assessment and diagnosis in clinical psychology, but I know counselling psychology um, colleagues who also have experience and a lot, a lot of training in that in that field. So those those two types of psychology I would see as roughly um, similar or the same. And then you have forensic psychology, and so there are people um, who have trained specifically in working. Uh, with people in custody or people in the criminal justice system. Um, And then you have educational psychologists who are trained to uh, work primarily in schools, but there's lots of educational psychologists in private practice. And their role is to assess um, and diagnose and provide interventions for young people and children who have different types of learning difficulty um, or challenges in schools. Okay. Wow, it really is a minefield. (laughs) Yes, it is. And then within those types of psychology, I suppose you could have a clinical psychologist or a counselling psychologist who's worked most of their career with, say, in a CAM service with children and adolescents, but hasn't actually worked then with adults or older adults and vice versa. So there's within those kind of fields, then people may have experiences that mean that they're kind of more specialist um, or have attended more training in one particular area. Okay, it's interesting that you say that a a counselling psychologist and a clinical psychologist would have a lot of similarities. I, in my ignorance, did not know that a counsellor was also a psychologist. I thought it was a completely different stream of just helping coach someone through difficult things. You're bang on with that. So a counsellor and a counselling psychologist are very different. So 
a counselling psychologist will, similarly to clinical, will have also completed um, a degree programme in psychology, often a master's, and then now a, a PhD in counselling psychology. A counsellor could be somebody who has attended perhaps a weekend cor a course in a particular style of counselling, has done a um, postgraduate diploma or certificate in counselling studies, um, or somebody who has uh, trained as a counsellor over a longer period of time. Um, so a counsellor and a counselling psychologist are very different. OK, so the headache is getting stronger now. <laughs> yes. yes, you can see why people start looking into this and go, oh, my gosh, like, how do I decide? If you feel like you might be at the point where you need therapy of some kind, you're probably already a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. And then to just start looking online at all this, you're like, hold on a minute. This just hurts my head even more. So as much as we're throwing out all the different words and differentiating, which is important, I do want to tease things apart and we'll, we'll kind of get to why someone might look for one over the other. Okay. So just to go back to a counselor. So I could go and do a weekend course and say on my Instagram bio that I'm like a mental health counselor. Yes. Yes. And then charge people. Yes. That could be literally just a weekend download thing on the internet. Is it a price thing or is there any reason why you'd want to go to a counsellor versus a proper psychologist? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have chosen to see um, counsellors or psychotherapists. Psychotherapy is another form, I suppose, of qualification. Often psychotherapists are, in my experience, again, um, are more qualified again I might get I might get in trouble for saying this then then counsellors um, and they've usually completed um, perhaps a uh, a certificate um, so at least kind of one year or more training in psychotherapy or a particular form of psychotherapy but I have often opted to speak with um, psychotherapists in the past rather than a psychologist because um Again, I, I think of psychologists as having that experience in maybe the assessment and diagnosis of particular mental health disorders. So if I was experiencing perhaps a problem with, um, you know, with um, bipolar disorder and I wanted to go through a relapse prevention program or um, uh, moderate depression, moderate to severe depression that I wanted treatment for, then I would go to seek help from a psychologist. Whereas for me, oftentimes when I'm seeking support, it's because I'm looking for a, a sounding board. I'm looking for a place to kind of share my particular feelings and explore those um, rather than a particular uh, treatment that's focused on treating a specific problem. Uh, which is what psychologists usually aim to do is to identify a particular problem and then use what's called an evidence-based intervention, a scientifically proven uh, psychological treatment to treat that problem. Whereas in my experience of speaking with psychotherapists or a counsellor, um, it provides you with a space to talk and their responses to you may be framed um, or hung on a particular uh, framework or understanding um, but it's not so much about providing a specific treatment unless they're trained in a treatment, something like cognitive behavioral therapy. OK, so a clinical psychologist is more treatment focused, diagnosis focused, and a psychotherapist or a counsellor is is more what we think of as therapy when we're just talking through stuff. Yes. But then a psychotherapist versus a counsellor, what's the difference there then? 
Um, it can just depend on the course. Again, there's some counsellors out there who I'm sure have studied for for years at a time. What what people really need to look at, I suppose, is some of these qualifications um, and and to see, you know, what certificates, what courses, what degrees somebody has completed. Um, so if you're going to a website like the Psychological Society of Ireland um, or the Irish Association for Counselling Psychology, then the, the practitioners that are listed there uh, will be psychologists who have met um, a certain number of criteria. So they will be people who've completed that um, degree and doctoral program or equivalent qualifications. Um, but if you're if you're finding somebody off um, off another off another website, what I would recommend people do is just um, see the types of experience, the types of training somebody has, and then choose somebody that you fit that you think will fit your need. You know, if you see that somebody has um, a certificate in treating trauma in children, and you're an adult who maybe has experienced trauma then you're, you're going to want to go for somebody who either has a qualification or experience working with that population. Or if you're a couple that's looking for therapy, you want to see that somebody has a, a qualification in couples therapy. That's not necessarily a degree or a university program or letters after their name, but you're looking to see that they have a certificate in couples therapy or something along those lines and that they work with couples. And um, so depending on who you are, what you're seeking help for, um, you will you will kind of be able to narrow down perhaps the list of professionals that you see. But I should say, Caroline, one of the, the things that the research shows again and again and again is that the type of treatment that's offered for a particular mental health problem is important, but not as important as the relationship that you have with your therapist, whether that mm -hmm. therapist is a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, or a psychotherapist. The relationship is fundamental to the success of whatever treatment or intervention or program of therapy you're undertaking. And that's the hard part, really, because you can't really know that until you're kind of in it. That's why I think people get very overwhelmed when they go onto these websites and they're like, I'm staring at a list of qualified people. Like, how am I supposed to pick one? Mm -hmm. All these letters after someone's name mean absolutely nothing to someone who's looking for a real human connection on a problem. So I completely understand how off-putting it can be for people, especially when they look at all these words. It might sound a little bit intimidating as well. You might think, oh, I don't have such a severe problem. I just... I'm having like a bit of a difficult time with my partner. They might be discouraged a little bit. So it's good to kind of know, I think the difference is it's really important to know. It's like looking at a menu in a different language and trying to figure it out and decide, you know, what you want to eat when you're really hungry. It's like, how am I meant to figure this out? What might be helpful is for me to just share a little bit about the types of therapy that I've done and at what point in my life and why. So as this podcast is all centered around my kind of really difficult time with anxiety back into 2014 when I was really not functioning and I was really mentally unwell and I wasn't getting through the day I was I felt really ill in my mind and the anxiety was so crippling and I wasn't at all a case of me just needing to like talk through some normal stuff it was like I need help I'm at this point a and I need to get to point b I need to get through the day so I remember I went to actually I don't know what kind what type of therapist it was but it was very much talking therapy it's time and while that was helpful to a point to vocalize a lot of what I was feeling, I needed like a plan. I needed someone to say like, let's try this. I needed treatment. I needed treatment. I really needed to go on a journey of treatment and have like an end result. 
So while it was helpful to a point, I was like, I'm just talking around and around about how awful this feels. I'm not actually moving past it or getting through it. So eventually I was like, I just don't know if this is working for me for that particular set of problems that I was having, which were so Mm -hmm. severe, really. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I understood anxiety. Like I knew that I was anxious. I didn't need someone to say, do you know what's wrong with you now? It's anxiety. I knew that. I was like, I know what's going on. What am I going to do about it? So then I changed to working with another kind of therapist that was working in like CBT and Mm -hmm. like a lot of experiments and stuff. And that was really solution focused for me. And that was precisely what I needed at that time in my life to be like, okay, for example, I'm going to go away on this trip and I'm absolutely terrified. And how can I, what coping mechanisms can I put in place to get through that? Mm or what tests can we run? And then what can I report back with and say, well, look, actually, this is how I really felt. And for me, that kind of putting me in the driving seat and making me feel like there was some purpose or control that I had, you know, in like, I'm going to set this out really helped empower me. And it was such an integral reason why I got through it and why I came out the other side. I kind of only really realized then how how important it was to choose the right kind of therapy or person to go to. You know, I haven't, hadn't been to therapy in eight years. And now the reasons that I'm going to therapy, which I'll discuss in greater detail in another episode, it's back to the more just unloading stuff without the fear of judgment. I'm trying to try and like process my postpartum experience, which I'm still holding on to a bit of guilt and shame around. It's just stuff I need to talk about. So I know that CBT is not necessarily necessary for me here. It doesn't mean it's not helpful still, but I just want your thoughts on the kind of the shape that my therapy has taken and if anyone else might recognize themselves in it. Yes. Yeah. I think it makes absolute sense that, um, you know, when I think about treatment, what, what even is that? And when do we know a problem is a problem that needs treatment? I think treatment is aimed at when somebody is, feels that sense of mental, mental kind of uneasiness or like they're they're really suffering and struggling and so they Mm -hmm. may have anywhere between a mild to severe problem like depression or anxiety or other types of of mental health disorder so I think if somebody doesn't a know what's wrong with them um, and is looking for an answer around that or b they know that the problem they have is requiring a specific treatment to help get them kind of back on track then you're looking for a psychologist. If you're looking, as you're saying, for that space, which is when I've often gone to psychotherapy is when I've been looking for a space to explore, um, to share my feelings without judgment, like you're saying, and to have that kind of space that creates an opportunity for you to reflect, um, then yes, that's when I would would be seeking the help of a a counsellor or psychotherapist. Um, and so there, there will be some overlap. There are some psychotherapists who have specific training, perhaps in cognitive behavioral therapy, but that's yeah. something you can kind of take as, as for granted. If you're seeing a psychologist, they will be trained, whatever type of psychologist you're seeing, they will have training in, in CBT. It's the most evidence-based intervention that we have for a whole host of different mental health problems. Like some CBT exercises might seem like such common sense if my therapist now was to bring me back to like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, when you think that, like, what do you think that is? And I'm like, oh, that's actually me uh, catastrophizing. And that is like a little bit of CBT kind of brought into our chat. 
Yeah. And because you have that knowledge having done CBT. I think if I was working with somebody who had never done a CBT program and I was bringing elements of that into it, I would be explaining where they were coming from, like what the kind of approach was that I was using. Um, as a psychologist, I suppose, and and I had never worked as a psychotherapist and a counsellor, so they're going to have to forgive me for my ignorance around whether or not this pro- process happens in those those fields. But for me, um, I would be very clear with somebody or try to be as clear as possible about the problem that I think they're facing and um, and the treatment for that. And, and so giving them, you know, the name of the treatment, some information about it. And seeing if they want to continue with that, kind of giving them a menu of options, if you like, about the different types of treatment that might be available. And I hope I would also be quite honest. And I have been honest about saying you don't need this is not what you need. I'm not the person who is able to help you with this. Or perhaps you could see somebody who you'd be paying less to um, and that they would be able to provide you with the the opportunity to explore these feelings. So I think a good a good therapist will tell you when they're not able to help you and will give you the options that you need um whether that's for treatment or to kind of access that safe um space to uh, reflect in and they'll give you your options let you know if they're qualified or not and then tell you when when they're of no use to you would someone be hedging their bets by say going straight to a clinical psychologist or a psychologist so that yes they can still talk through all their stuff but if they need it there's treatments and plans and things that you would turn to I think realistically it depends on the level of ex- of distress somebody is experiencing okay. I think if somebody is in um you know moderate to severe di- distress then it's wise to seek that assessment and that treatment to help you to a different place um but I, I mean, let's be realistic about it. Seeing a psychologist is more expensive, often much more expensive than seeing a, a psychotherapist or a counsellor. And that's not a reflection, by the way, of their value, I don't think. Um, okay. I know it's easy for me to sit here as a psychologist and say that. But, you know, I have worked with psychotherapists who are much better trained in a particular form of therapy than I would be. And that was the type of, of therapy that I was finding that I found useful at that time. Um, so not again, not not treatment for a specific mental health disorder, but but a, a kind of therapeutic approach to helping me to explore um, the problems that I was facing or the, the the issues that I wanted to talk about. And is that is the latter the kind of therapeutic exploration of whatever you're going through in your life? Is that the more common route for people? I I mean, this is just a guesstimate in a way. I would think so. I think that there's probably a lot more psychotherapists maybe than there is psychologists, but I, I don't have the figures, so I wouldn't okay. want to say. I suppose with psychology, like it's a long training program. You know, it takes probably about 10 years to become a psychologist in whatever field. Wow. And so for people who have a gift of wanting to help people and... um. Uh, provide that space they may be able to do training in a a shorter amount of time that equips them with the skills to work with particular groups of people that's interesting because on a completely separate note I'm thinking about going back to college myself and putting some little piece of paper underneath all of the time and energy I've given to the mental health space obviously I'm not an expert but it's just what you're saying there is kind of connecting some dots for me I'm like I don't have 10 years to devote to psychology but I just would love to just become more qualified in well qualified at all 
in uh-huh. some of the things that I touch upon, which I'm always obviously talking about my own experience. And there's only so much of that you can draw from. And I'm so excited to hear you say that. Oh, thanks. I've just barely started looking into it. And it was like, no, you can't do that. No, you need to have 10 years, you need to have 20 years. Of that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the case. Maybe psychotherapy is one to look at. I put on my Instagram, uh, if people had questions. And one question that I got was, again, this depends so much on the reason you're in therapy for, but like, how do you know when you're better or how do you know if you're getting better or what to look for? But I guess that depends on the treatment side of things with a psychologist, right? Because I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm better now. I'm just going to be like, oh, I understand things about myself a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think with, um, with a treatment, uh, you know, a psychologist or who, whoever you're working with will lay out particular goals or particular ways of assessing, you know, whether you're meeting those goals. And so at the start of, of therapy, you may say, you know, how will I know when I'm better? And maybe better looks different for every single person. Um, but I suppose that in my thinking, a, a therapist has, has done their job um, and the treatment or the therapy has worked when the client is able to almost internalize the therapist's voice and coach themselves or help themselves or um, support themselves through uh, that mental distress that previously they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. So it's almost like where they can imagine what the therapist would say, say it to themselves and then find reassurance in that and then feel better as a consequence. When it comes to all the different, is modalities the right word? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That might come through in therapy. Is that maybe not something someone needs to seek out, but would the therapist just bring in elements of things that they think are fitting the person and what they're presenting with? Yes. So ideally, if you're not sure what you need, then you would want somebody who has experience and training in a few different modes of therapy so that they can help you just decide what is the best fit for you. Because how could you know? How could you know yourself? I suppose we know, um, or maybe I think that people know this and, and they, they actually don't, um, but that cognitive behavioral therapy, for example, is one of the most widely recognized interventions for mild to moderate to severe mental health problems. So that's depression, anxiety, eating disorders, um, building insight around psychosis, um, loads of different types of um, mental health problems. And that's in both younger people, uh, not for eating disorders, but for those other issues, uh, and and adults. So cognitive behavioral therapy is, is one of the most standardized forms of treatment. And so people often would email me or get in contact with me and say, I'd really like to do some CBT. I've been reading a bit about it. There's also a lot of self-help books about CBT online or a lot of um, kind of self-help resources. So oftentimes people, if they've done any sort of Googling at all, will have come across CBT and then think, okay, I actually really want to give this a go. Um, So in that circumstance, I think sometimes people do know, but outside of that, no, I don't think people know what type of therapy is out there or what might be most helpful. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Where will someone start? How to decide when you might need to talk to someone and how to decide what type of therapist is for you? I think everybody is different and people come to therapy for different reasons. I know people who would only go to therapy if literally their life maybe depended on it um, because they feel like there's no point in talking about things otherwise. And then somebody like me might go whenever I want to make more sense out of a particular thing that I'm doing or a way that I'm behaving, I believe in in the power of talking and I'm somebody who processes things through talking so when I talk through something it helps me make sense out of it so you've two you've two very different types of people there and then a whole spectrum of people in between I would always say you know if somebody is struggling with something I would think about seeking out a therapist to speak to you then need to decide how you want to speak to that person do you want to see them in person face to face Do you want to see them via Zoom or do you want somebody who's able to engage in maybe text therapy, which is something that's available now through various different apps? Um, Because that's going to narrow your focus more. If you want to see somebody face to face, then you're going to be looking for the people who are qualified in and around the area that you live in or the area that you work in or somewhere that you can see them face to face. If you you want to see them in those other ways, then that obviously broadens your options. The next thing is to consider your level of distress. You know, do you need somebody who's able to do a mental health assessment to clarify if you have a mental health problem and that you need treatment for? Like, is your functioning impaired? And by functioning, I mean how you usually are in social situations, in work situations, and in um, your your kind of physical uh, and mental health situation. If your function is, is impaired, if your behavior has changed and you're not doing things in the same way that you used to, I would encourage somebody then to start looking at treatment because that is usually an indicator the level of impairment in their functioning somebody is experiencing is usually an indicator of how serious their mental health difficulty is. Um, So then I'd be looking for a psychologist. And then if you're somebody who's thinking, you know what? I mean, I'm a big, big advocate as well of people trusting themselves. I think if you really ask yourself that question, like, do I need treatment for this? Or do I just need a safe space to kind of talk it out? Um, You know, you, you may have an answer to that question and just follow your kind of gut instinct in that. And I suppose I would also be saying to people, do not fear like pressing the eject button in therapy, a good therapist will say to you, you know what, it's really important that we get on well. I want you to be able to talk to me about whatever it is and to be honest in here. You know, can we review how this is going in a session or a couple of sessions? And they might ask at the end of that first session, how is this for you? How was this? 
Um, a good therapist will be checking in on how you're doing within that therapy um, and will will make it very comfortable and not easy for you, but maybe easy for you to say, I'm done. Like, actually, this isn't working. Um, and the reason behind why that's important or why the relationship is so important is that whatever the form of therapy that's used, the, the biggest thing that is healing for other people and me in my experience is this concept it's bear with me on the language it's called epistemic trust and that's really our ability to trust that another human being sees us accepts us can hold us in positive regard can welcome every aspect of us into the room and that epistemic trust is built in different ways. You know, it's built in how your therapist responds to you, their eye contact, um, you know, all of these different kind of interpersonal uh, pieces that help you to trust somebody and their kindness towards you, I suppose. Because when we have that trust in another person, you can come in and authentically kind of be yourself and work through whatever problem it is that you're facing. Sorry, I've gone off on a slight tangent there. No, it's so helpful. It's really helpful. I'm going to be bold and say that I think everyone at some point in their lives could benefit from perhaps just the sounding board type of therapist as psychotherapy. I'm right there with you, Caroline. I think everybody could benefit from therapy. When it comes to the things like that I'm going for now, it's not a case of like, right, I've hit a wall and I can't get through it. I need to go to therapy. I was like, I just want to carve out this time for me. And I know it's part of me taking care of myself the same way I go to the gym or I would try and eat relatively well. Is there, I mean, I think certainly in Ireland, it's, there's still perhaps a stigma around if you're going to therapy, it's because you're mad. There's something really wrong with you. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm actually really good, you know, right now, but I'm just taking care of myself. Yes. Yes. There is still that stigma there that there's, um, that it is a sign of, yeah, there being something really, 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 really serious wrong with you. But I am an advocate for exactly what you're suggesting there, which is that we can all do with a bit of space to reflect on ourselves and whether that's on how we are in our relationships or how we are as parents or as friends or um, how we are to ourselves, our levels of kindness to ourselves, or whatever it is. We can all benefit from having a bit of space to just slow down and think about how we're responding to the world around us. I think so too. And I think... I don't know if it's fair to say this is just an assumption, but is it more gendered? Like Barry would be like, why would I go to a therapist? Sure. Like, unless, you know, something terrible happened. Whereas I feel like women are maybe a little bit more open. We want to talk through things. We would be a little bit more open men. We'd be a little bit more internal. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I do think there's such strong messages given to um, little boys versus little girls. Um, about the expression of their emotions, about what emotions there are that are okay to feel about, you know, sharing those different things with people. I mean, all of that is changing, but, um, you know, going back 20, 30 years ago, uh, I think, and, and longer, I think men and little boys received very strong messages around how that wasn't as acceptable um, than little girls who maybe were allowed to express their feelings a little bit more or encouraged to do so or allowed to cry or whatever it was. So mm-hmm. I do think there's a difference in in genders. I know I'm, I'm stereotyping a little bit or generally. Well, I started it, so don't but, worry. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a difference between how we respond. Um, and certainly I would, I would think similarly about how we process things as well. I think, again, not every woman, but a lot yeah. of women I know would 
um, process their world, understand themselves through through talking, through sharing, through being open about those experiences with their friends or with other people or a therapist. I, when I said on my Instagram that I was going to go back to therapy and I was really looking forward to it, I got a lot of messages saying, wow, like it's so brave to take so much courage. And for me, it really doesn't because like I'm such an open book and I really don't mind sharing things. My therapist so far probably hasn't gotten a word in because I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. But for some people, it really does require digging deep and being like, I'm going to ask for help. I want to reassure people who are thinking maybe they should talk to someone. The last person who's going to make them feel judged for that is the person they're seeking help from, right? Yes, absolutely. How can we encourage someone to pick up the phone or go online or ask around? And, and you know, apart from these websites that we talked about, like the IACP, is it? Mm-hmm. Do you think it is good to get a recommendation from a friend? One friend in particular, she just couldn't have said more positive things about a therapist. But like, I was a bit too close to her for that to then be my therapist. You kind of want a bit of separation there. So, I mean, people are constantly asking me now, like, who's your therapist? Who's your therapist? And I don't really want to share it. Mm -hmm. It kind of feels like when you find someone, you just, that's your person. And obviously, like, I don't want to be selfish about it, but it does help not to overlap with friends, I presume. Yes. Yeah. And I think... Like the reality of it is, is that I have yet to meet like a terrible psychotherapist, counselor or psychologist. There is a a wealth of really wonderful people with great skills out there. And the likelihood is, is that whoever you go to, um, they're going to be good at what they're doing. That's why they're practicing. That's why they're up and running as a, as a viable business is because they're, they're able to do their job. And so I think the idea, yes, of getting recommendations um, can, can be helpful, but isn't an indicator, you know, just because you're going to see a person, that's not an indicator that that person is better than other people. I think it's just, yeah, sometimes maybe people like to connect the dots and go, oh, yeah, okay, well, this is, it maybe makes it feel a bit safer to reach out when somebody has recommended them. But I would always say, like, what have you got to lose? If you feel like what you have to lose is is bigger than what you have to gain through having one appointment with with somebody who might be able to help then then don't do it but if you feel like you might potentially gain more than you have to lose in doing that then what's the harm like what's the risk in that and i think we're lucky that we're now moving into a phase where there's more um uh people available who will see people who are like on a sliding scale who don't charge a full whack of fees for example if somebody isn't working or yeah. um that even has a lower free cost or, or free alternatives and so i think you know there is the opportunity for most people to reach out and schedule in one appointment you've nothing to lose in my perspective um, and, and if it doesn't work, you know, I, I do think it takes more than one appointment, by the way, I'm not saying that like give up on something if it, if you're not, you know, feeling hundred percent better by the end of the first session, but just, you can see if you gel with that person, um, yeah. and you can see if you think that you might be able to work with them and then give it a, give it a few sessions, I suppose, a bit of commitment and time because therapy, especially treatment takes work. It takes effort. You know, there is nobody out there with a magic wand. I certainly don't have one. I don't know any psychology or counselor or psychotherapist colleagues that do when somebody walks in your door we can't magically fix things it takes work from the person who's coming in to like you do you know going in and sharing being willing and and 
to be vulnerable and share your kind of thoughts and feelings or to do the homework, the tasks, yeah. the experiments that you talked about earlier. Some of the DMs said like, oh, I did therapy, tried it, didn't work, never bother going back. I wonder how much of that is people consuming this content in this world that's like there should be a quick fix and there isn't and we're just pissed off that there isn't. When people say like it didn't work for me, do you think that's more that therapy was never going to work for them? Maybe they didn't have the personality that was going to be amenable to working with a therapist or do you think just maybe that they just got unlucky with that therapist that they just didn't vibe with and that they should maybe try again I think that there there could be any of those things I suppose I would um I think sometimes being accountable for ourselves it can be very difficult for us to look at like what's going on inside of me that meant that this didn't work and and understanding that and then also you know maybe it was just the vibe maybe it was that particular person and I need to try again um, or maybe I wasn't ready. Maybe I wasn't ready actually to accept help or to mm-hmm. trust that this person could actually help me. Maybe I wasn't ready to to take that step and trust that they could help me out of this situation. I also think sometimes it's down to people not uh, having the support from their therapist to set individual goals. Like what is better for me is going to look very different to what is maybe better for you or for somebody else. And so I think it's really important for somebody to be realistic about the length of time it might take. Um, You know, if somebody's coming in with with moderate to severe depression that's been ongoing for a number of years, Mm -hmm. it's unlikely that they're going to remove every single one of their symptoms within a month it's going to take a little bit of time and most problems do and then sometimes it's just about um accepting that maybe we're never going to be the person that we want to be or we're never going to feel great all the time because that's impossible or you know just being a bit more accepting of the situation that we're in and just helping ourselves cope yeah just working with something rather than against it you touched on something really important there that like we can't gloss over and that's it has to come from you everyone probably can relate to like thinking of someone in their life who could definitely do it a bit of therapy or we're all in therapy because of the people in our lives who won't go to therapy I think <laughs> is a common kind of joke but if you are going to therapy because someone is saying look giving you an ultimatum whatever if you're not there because you truly believe that you could benefit from it or that there's changes to be made or that you would be open to it you probably are throwing your money away. Absolutely. If somebody isn't there with the motivation or the want to change something, then it's not going to work. If you're going for somebody else, it's not going to work. I wonder, is that often at the root of a lot of people who, who just kind of rubbish it and say like, nah, it doesn't work. It's bollocks. I imagine yeah. there must be something to it because... I think when people are open and receptive and willing to be vulnerable, therapy can only be like a good thing. Somebody had did send me a message. I do want to flag this. I know that this isn't necessarily your area, but when I say therapy can only be a good thing. Like if someone has OCD, they said that they only realized after years of being in talking therapy that that was kind of just like making it a little bit worse with some specific disorders. You might need a very specific kind of therapy to help not keep you just on a cycle of it. Mm-hmm. And so for, for OCD specifically, CBT is the most evidence-based treatment. And again, okay. it sounds like that person needs treatment rather than just talking about things over and over again. Yeah. Um, the same for uh, something like PTSD, cognitive behavioral therapy is one of a, a different, sorry, that's post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, it's one of the evidence-based interventions for treating post-traumatic stress. And so if somebody needs treatment for like, like a, a proper diagnosis or a disorder, then I would be looking to see um, a psychologist 
okay. um, or somebody who's qualified in CBT. Claire, this has been so helpful. I think the main takeaway is to ask yourself the question of, is it treatment that you need or do you just want a sounding board? And if you want a bit of both or if you want just one or the other, and that kind of helps you set you down either path of psychologist or otherwise. And then from there, maybe that kind of narrows your focus a little bit and should take some of the overwhelm away. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And also, you know, it may cost a little bit of money, but going along to that one session, if it doesn't, if, if you don't gel with that person, you know, it's okay to say after a couple of sessions, like I, I am actually thinking this isn't working for me. Um, if you're doing that on repeat and saying that to every therapist that you meet and you've met maybe six or 700 of them, then <laughs> there may be something worth reflecting in that for you. If we're doing things on repeat all the time, then it's important to look at our, our own behavior in that. One of the things you mentioned was about how we're all, you know, responsible for kind of bringing ourselves to therapy and, and being willing to be vulnerable. And I suppose I just want to acknowledge that for somebody who kind of says that maybe therapy isn't working for them or they went along once and it was rubbish and they're never going again. Um, for somebody who's been through perhaps childhood trauma or trauma throughout their lives, choosing to trust another human being. Um, when human beings have hurt them so badly can be a really terrifying process, like really, really terrifying. And so if you are somebody who has been to treatment or to see a a psychologist or therapist left after a session and gone, that's it, I'm never going back again. I just would urge you to kind of think about, you know, what may have happened in your life that means that you are shutting out or wanting to, to shut out other options to help um, and then asking yourself if you're you're kind of ready to move past those things because there's very valid experiences that people have had you know we've all had experiences that maybe have hurt us or wounded us mm-hmm. and that's often the process of of therapy whatever that looks like is figuring out where those wounds have come from where those hurts have come from and how they're contributing to our mental health right now in the present and then what we can do to kind of heal those things Claire, thank you so much for all of your incredible insight. Oh my God, I thought I was really going to stump you with some of these questions and you have literally an answer for, you know, all the different types of therapists and what they do. Oh, I hope I do. I don't know. No, you did. (laughs) You explained it so well. And I hope that people feel a little bit more aware and knowledgeable now. So thank you for clarifying that so well, as you always do. And I thank you for normalizing therapy and going to therapy and it being something that we should be open about I know it's difficult for lots of people so thank you and I hope you will I mean I'll never stop hounding you to come back and talk about other different topics always happy to thank you take care you too catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.